Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, February the 8th. We are back in the studio rocking and rolling. Episode 78. Feeling amazing. Feeling good. Looking forward to get into this episode with you guys. We are going to talk about a couple of topics surrounding contemporary grief. So definitely stick around for the rest of this episode. But before we get into that, I do want to thank our sponsors, BetterHelp. They are an online counseling organization offering us the opportunity, the flexibility, and comfortability to have therapy and counseling from the privacy of our homes, car, whatever feels comfortable for you. They are offering us an opportunity. So listen, when you use my link, trybetterhelp.com, forward slash the grief bully, you will receive 10% off your first month. While they are affordable, averaging about $65 or so per session, they don't take health care, but they offer financial aid. And when you use my link, you have the opportunity to get 10% off your first month. So listen, guys, I want to get into this episode. I've been doing a little bit of research and just educating myself in different areas as it pertains to grief and loss. And so I started reading a little bit and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. So I want to get into it and let me just bring it up because I don't want to be misquoting anything in here because it's super important for me to do that. So we're going to get into contemporary grief is a part that I've never heard it heard it put that way. But if I'm really being honest, it's kind of what we're basically talking about for the most part with the Grief Bully podcast. And so this particular article that I was I was looking into and I'll make sure that in the show notes I reference the specifics and some of the, the the person who wrote the article as well as where some of the research came from. I think that's important to do as well. So it really focused on these three dimensions of grief. And the one that they talked about is disenfranchised grief and then chronic sorrow and then grief of injustices. And while all of them definitely spoke to me and I want to dive deeper into them and make sure that we are learning and educating ourselves and becoming well-versed, I think the disenfranchised grief is the part that really stuck out to me the most. And you might be thinking to yourself, what the heck is disenfranchised grief? Well, I'm glad that you asked. So grief that is disenfranchised is grief that is not openly acknowledged, socially validated, or publicly observed. So it doesn't have to be as deep as it sounds, because now that I'm thinking about it, it does sound awfully deep, but it's pretty much a grief that is not acknowledged. And I think that could be for different reasons. And so the article goes on to talk about how that can be based on our socioeconomic status, our culture, our relationships, and just our our personal beliefs. And so it's not necessarily always intentional because it could be that a certain religious group doesn't observe grief in a certain way. But some of the other parts of it that I, I thought really stuck out to me the most, and you probably can relate here, is those forgotten people whose grief isn't seen based on relationships. And so I want to talk about that because that comes up for me in different ways. 
And the one way that I think about is this. When it comes to grief and loss, and we're talking about loss, d- losses due to death right this minute, a lot of times, a lot of the empathy and sympathy and the condolences are extended to the parents, the spouses, and the children. And so more often than not, the siblings are getting forgotten. So their grief is dis- disenfranchised. And then also friends. And I think that's something that we have to take time to talk about because when we're talking about bringing awareness to grief just on an overall larger scale, we got to make sure that when we're just dealing with relationships on a day-to-day basis, that we're acknowledging everyone. And I'll go into this little short segue. I actually had a goal to speak at a TEDx event. And I accomplished that goal. I was offered the opportunity based on my application to speak at a TEDx event in St. Louis, Missouri. And that actually was supposed to happen this past July. But due to COVID-19 and the pandemic, it didn't happen. And the reason why I bring that up is because my topic, which I'm finally letting a cat out the bag here, was going to be. And hopefully one day I have the opportunity to speak on this, but it was bereavement in the workplace and needing to change those policies. And so while I want to advocate for grief on a personal level, I also want to do it in a professional space. And where that comes into play when it comes to disenfranchisement is this. When I talk about relationships and those titles, basically validating your level of grief, I think it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ridiculous that we would think that based on a title, of a relationship and the role that you do and don't play in someone's life, that that will measure the level of grief. Or this is also what it talks about for disenfranchisement is your right to grieve. So we are basing that on a title, on a words. And so I'm not saying that a parent, a spouse, children aren't titles that mean anything. But what I am saying is that they can't define the level of relationship that you have with someone or the love that was present that would then cause deep levels of grief and loss. And so I was going to get on that stage and just give a whole bunch of advice. And I did a lot of research on ways that we can improve that. And I'll save that for there. But what I want to say about that is that when I lost my father, I, and this is father, we're talking about parent here, based on my employment, based on that relationship, I would I was afforded, not was because this did happen, I was afforded three, 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 three days, three days because of my father's passing. I get three days paid time off called your bereavement time. That is not enough time to even begin to process my thoughts, begin to understand how I may feel. And and just through research, it, it more so was originated, not even based on giving you time to actually grieve. It was giving you time to get things in order, get affairs in order, organize and or plan funerals and, and end of life services. It wasn't about your need or your right to grieve and mourn. So I think There's a lot of disenfranchisement happening in terms of grief in the workplace every day. So getting back to the point of depending on on that relationship. Now, I should be thankful. (laughs) I got three days off. If one of my best friends and I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of friendships that are like we're speaking decades, three decades. If one of my close friends passed away, 
I would have to use my own paid time off. And if I did not have paid time off, I don't know. I I don't know if I would still be able to take off or do I take off at the risk of losing my job or just losing money for that day. And and to be honest with you, I think that's extremely unfair. And I and I understand that there are people who will kind of try to find a loophole and play around when it comes to these rules. But I could be closer to a friend. You could be closer to a friend than you are to your parents or your siblings. And so those are some of the things that came up when I'm reading about this. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of grief that's not acknowledged. And there's a lot of grief that isn't given the right for the bereaved person to grieve there. It got even deeper, things that I've never even considered. And it's ignorant of me to have not considered because this is a part of my life. And I have a lot of friends who this would affect. So if you are if you're a gay person and you're in a homosexual relationship, you could be in a relationship that your partner's parents, family, etc., don't acknowledge you or don't haven't acknowledged your relationship. So if that partner passes away, what do you think is going to happen? You it's a strong possibility that you will feel like a disenfranchised person and that your grief wouldn't be publicly acknowledged or observed. And then how do you feel? How do you move from that? And it's not even just because the family doesn't accept it, but what if you've never told anyone? How do you deal with that? Do you grieve in silence and you say, oh, I'm so distraught, like my friend, my friend, my friend. And you can never really say what the level of your relationship was like. Like this stuff gets really deep, guys. It really does. And it just makes me think about so many different circumstances that people are going through and their losses aren't able to be acknowledged. And so I know a lot of people that are struggling to mourn and to grieve when they do have room to talk about their grief and they have been awarded the opportunity in that space. So imagine, I can imagine how difficult it could be for someone who doesn't. Another area of this is child loss and pregnancy loss and stillbirth. And we're still in a place in society where that doesn't get the acknowledgement that it should. And, and for some reason, I think it has to do with, and this is so ignorant and so terrible on so many levels, but it's like if I didn't see that baby, if I didn't hold that baby, it's like you can't really put together how a parent can feel. And that's heartbreaking. I don't think that someone's loss has to be justified based on our ability to process it or understand it. And so I, I, my heart definitely goes out to some. I know a lot of mothers and families and parents and, and husbands as well that deal with that. And, and while I think they're making strides, I think we just have to continue to do better as a society when it comes to those relationships. And so in general, as we're working to bring awareness around grief and how we mourn, I think we have to continue to push the envelope and the initiative on how we just acknowledge it simply. There are so many people who don't even know what grief is. And so, of course, you're, you're not going to be able to connect with someone in that way it's just one of those things and so we're talking about that on that level and it's super important to make sure because we all deserve the right and the opportunity to to mourn and one of the other areas that they talked about was chronic sorrow and so chronic sorrow and and it, it could be like this so a parent who for example has a child that was born with a disability like a mental disability, let's put it that way. And, and I think they refer to it as a mental retardation. And I hope that's politically the correct way to say that. And if not, I do stand corrected on that. 
but it's 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 a chronic sorrow. So it's not just an isolated, if you will, incident when it when it comes to like a loved one passing away. It's like this thing that you're dealing with right now. And yes, it will still be there with you. And it does have layers of chronic sorrow. But there's also chronic sorrow and grief when it comes to living losses. And that's an example of it, where every single day for as long as this family's child is is alive and, and well, they're going to continue to have to deal with that because the loss of how they envisioned their child's life to be is something that they've got to deal with every single day. Every single day you're, you're reminded when you see maybe children or peers of your child or other parents speaking about their child's accomplishments and, and your child just isn't there. And so there are so many different things. And another thing they talked about when it came to chronic sorrow is actually survivors of war. So our veterans who are out there on a the battlefield where many, many years ago, ions, a lot of folks weren't being able to overcome a lot of their of their injuries. So there was a higher death rate. So this wasn't really coming into play. But then now where you have medicine has advanced and we're able to help people navigate and get through this, these things more easily. So their survival rate. So, yeah, they're still living. But what's going on in their mind? What are they then battling? So they're dealing with that chronic sorrow because they almost died. But now they're here. And so they've got to continue to just live each and every day with that. And so the more that I'm talking about it, I don't know that it gets too far. Chronic sorrow, I think, can be for living losses as well as dealing with the death of loved ones, because I think that to an extent there is this repetitive nature. But I do think that when it comes to bereavement in terms of loss of loved ones, which I've experienced, you do kind of get a little bit of a break. And please don't beat me up when I say that. It never goes away. Trust me, I know. It's in the forefront of my mind. It's in my head. I'm not going to forget that. But to say chronic every day can be different than someone who's survived war or a parent who's constantly having to deal with that or your family member has dementia or something along those lines, like things that are just like every single day. So I'm saying all that to say that these are things that are really important for us to see as a society when it comes to contemporary grief. And one of the last things that this article talked about was grief of in, injustices. And I, and I really, so I guess it could just be how I'm conditioned based on what we've all been through over the last year and, and all of the years, really, and especially as a person of color, when it comes to injustices, we think of it maybe so much in terms of like the criminal justice system. But this article stretched my mind and expanded my thinking. And I hope that this episode does that for you as well. But it talked about, for example, poverty and how poverty didn't have to be. And so we go to certain countries and and the level of poverty is just beyond our imagination. And so then there's waterborne illnesses, HIV. There's so many different things that happen. And then from that, there's grief, sorrow. There's death. There's so many things that it basically it could have been prevented. And that's another level of grief. And we don't only just deal with that in third world countries. We deal with that here in America as well. And so just really stretch your mind and think about grief. And I want to hope that this episode, not I want to hope, I do hope that this episode will cause us to look around 
and to think differently and to be more open and to also feel more empowered, if anything, to use your voice and let people know, hey, listen, I feel disenfranchised. I feel like you are not acknowledging my grief. I feel like you're not publicly as observing it. And I feel like you're not really granting me my right to grieve. Whether that's in your workplace, whether that's in a relationship or whatever it is. And when I think about it, it's, it's those things where it's like you have someone pass away. And, and, and look, I'm not trying to be funny, but maybe you were their mistress. Maybe you were their oops child. You know, there are so many different things that can happen that can cause that limit to you feeling like your grief doesn't matter and that your grief doesn't have a place and you don't deserve that. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care what the circumstances are. If you lose someone, if you're dealing with any type of grief, that something that brings sorrow to your life, you have every single right to feel and to lean into that and to move through it. And don't let anybody or even yourself, because again, when we talked about the homosexual relationship, that shame can just be something that you're dealing with. There's a lot of times we're all not even just about same sex couples. We're talking about people who were only dating for years. They never got married. And now you're someone's special friend in in an obituary. No shots fired and no shade there. Sorry. But like, just because of that, that, those that wording could never define your relationship right but in people's eyes they are going to prejudge and that perceived indifference and misconception is going to say you don't belong on the front row of this funeral you need to go a few rows back even that even that is a form of disenfranchisement in my opinion based on that it's like if you're not in this uh, like a media family then you gotta kind of go back here and if you're not here and I understand there are certain levels to it but at the same time can we stop letting titles define people's rights to grieve and to mourn and to feel it's heavy enough we don't need to continue to just add more boundaries and limits to that or like I, you didn't really know them like that. When's the last time you talked to them? They Y'all wasn't even on good terms. Like all of these things, it doesn't matter. Somebody died and now some people are here left to try to navigate life and live. And even if that's dealing with the complications of a bad relationship, et cetera, they don't need to feel left out. Let's, can we just, can we just like pinky promise, please just, just try our best to be more inclusive to, to acknowledge and to extend and understand friends matter. And this is the other thing I'm, I'm trying not to continue to go on and on and on, but like nowhere in my company's policies, did I see if I lost a pet, what time off do I get? My dog is, it, that's my homie. Like if my dog passed away, I'm gonna need some days. Like I need that to be a part of it. Like these are things that we got to make sure that we rework, relook at, dig down, and make change. And I'm going to continue to use my voice to do that. You can bet that we're going to keep pushing it. And I'm hoping I get the opportunity to get back on another stage soon and do that. But I really wanted to get into that. And if you want to look it up further, definitely Google and research this article. I'll put it in the notes. But also you can just look up disenfranchised grief, disenfranchisement by definition, chronic sorrow, investigate some stories and look into it grief of injustices. Hey, you might find a greater purpose. You might say, you know what? I never looked at that as grief, 
but I could probably do some work in this community and it not really affect me in too deep of an emotional way. Because I think a lot of times as bereaved folks, we want to have something. Well, let me not say we want to. I think it's a good thing to serve and to find like a greater purpose. But sometimes the causes can be too triggering. Like it's it's World Cancer Day, actually, the day that I'm recording my episode. And for me, cancer is, is what my dad unfortunately passed away from. And so it might be a little bit too emotionally taxing on me to deal with any type of organization surrounded by cancer. But if I look at poverty in Africa, maybe I, if I can help with that, I'll find a greater purpose, kind of refocus my grief, but also feel like I'm doing something to make a change. So I don't know. I hope this episode helps someone. And if, if nothing else, just make sure that you're not silenced. You're not silenced. You matter. That relationship mattered. That love mattered. And no one can define that. No one can tell you how you should or shouldn't feel. Even if you were complaining about being a caretaker and that person died, if someone should fix their mouth to say, oh, you act like you care that much. You other like no one has been in anybody else's shoes. P.S. to the story. You heard it first here on the Grief Fully podcast. Do your thing. Don't let anybody push you around. We're going to continue to stick together and continue to work together through this grief and bully it. I want to jump into our inspirational boost as a part of our show that is brought to us by our sponsors, Adina J Designs. They make, create, and inspire us through decorated apparel, custom tumblers, all that phenomenal stuff, doormats. They got so many amazing things going on. Definitely be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Adina J Designs, A-D-E-N-A, J-A-Y, D-E-S-I-G-N-S. And this week, our quote is, I did not have a choice if they lived or if they died, but I do have a choice how I live before I die. Whoo. I love that. I love that. I could really honestly just mic drop right there. That's more of that. Let go, let God lean into what we cannot control and just say, Hey, listen, unfortunately I lost these people, but my time is not up. And what am I going to do with it? How am I going to make them proud? How am I going to continue to push through this difficult part and phase of my life, right? Because I do not think that grief goes away. I don't think that we get rid of it, but I do think the crisis part of it has an opportunity to be considered potentially like a phase where that part of it subsides. So when we get through that and we get to that other side and we want to find purpose, that's our choice. Joy is a choice and I hope that you choose joy today. Hope that you choose your peace today and I hope that you continue to make a bigger purpose of your life and your existence here. Our In Love and Memory segment, listen, I want to say it's going to go out to my nephew's best friend's father and I believe that his name is Amin and he unfortunately passed away in a car crash this past week and these, yeah, my nephew is 20 and so his friends are 20, 20 years old twins. And I just, my heart, it's just, it's something that I'm still struggling with and I've never met their father. So exactly my point there is just something that we've got to make sure that we continue to just show love. And I'm going to send my prayers out to them, Jarquil and Jarquise, and make sure that their family knows that they have our prayers, our support and our condolences. Listen, before we get out of here today, I want to talk to you about After. After is a company that is providing us the opportunity to visit our loved ones final resting place from our phones they have an app and they are allowing us to do that if you want to get more information go to after.live 
I'll make sure the link is right here in the show notes. You can get 10% off the ground cam when you use my code griefbully-10. I could explain it, but I think that the website will answer everything that you need to know. I think it's personally amazing what technology has been able to do to help us bridge those gaps. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Listen, guys, it's been another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I am absolutely looking forward to next week's episode. Until then, you already know where I hang out the most over on Instagram. So follow me there at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole, guys. So next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace.